Welcome to Catholic Family Stories. Hi, my name is Emily, the flautist for Emerald Wind Music. Thank you for joining our family for today's story. Do you remember the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? The film tells how Indiana Jones, the hero, fights off tremendous perils to finally find the chalice that held Christ's blood, which in turn gave those who drank of it everlasting life. After all his trials, it makes you wonder why he just didn't walk down the street to the nearest Catholic church and receive Eucharist. Sometimes the answer to our greatest quest and twice the adventure are simply so close to home if we only care to recognize it. Hey guys, it's Joe again. Today's story is short, but to the point. It's about a brave and daring legendary adventurer who has searched for the Garden of Eden his entire life. He finally finds it, and the great angel from Genesis 3.24. The ancient guardian wielding the divine fiery sword has been the gatekeeper of the tree of life since mankind's exile. The encounter that transpires may surprise you as you contemplate your own mortality and eternal union in Christ at the end of time. Hi, this is Joseph. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 13 reads, The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Since all these are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be kindled and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But according to his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Our family joyfully presents to you Eden's Sword by Joseph Scordato. The sweat dripped off my forehead momentarily stinging my eyes, blurring the light radiating from the makeshift torch gripped in my hand. I scooped more of the oily slime from the passageway walls into the flashlight shell I had refashioned into a fuel font after its batteries died. The air was hot and salty. I absently wiped my brow with a sleeve and stared pensively at the flame. As long as the torch stayed lit, I knew the oxygen was good. So far, it had been a two weeks journey since I had discovered that flaming cross panel in the crypt the abandoned Armenian monastery of Anapat. I entered the ancient delve that hid behind it. Anapat, I muttered to myself in keen satisfaction while continuing my descent down the winding corridor. Anapat stood majestically on the cliff of the tiny island of Katuts 
overlooking the great salt lake of Van Golo in eastern Turkey. Its humble medieval architecture and single cylindrical spire had reminded me of an old limestone lighthouse when I first saw it. It was founded in the 15th century by St. Gregory the Illuminator. In its day, the monastery held the relic of the hand of John the Baptist, along with a curious scriptorium that specialized in preserving ancient writings. It was one of the collections of these illuminated pages written in prehistoric Uartian, of which my first doctoral thesis at Trinity College was based. I smiled, remembering the day I discovered its surprising and probable similarity with ancient Gaelic, whose own alphabet is solely comprised of tree symbology. I recited the alphabet to occupy my mind, pressing onward. Elm, the fig tree. Faith, the birch. Kal, the hazel. I continued the alphabet all the way to the 16th letter, Burr, the heath shrub. Memories of my mother interrupted my thoughts as I recalled how she would decorate my childhood home with heath and invite me into her appreciation of it. Come, look, my dear. Isn't it beautiful? Sweet, smelling like honey. It is loveliness itself. Help me adorn our home with this symbol of God's love. How is it like God's love, mother? It's the burning bush from Exodus. See how the flames miraculously change to flowers? Heath is an evergreen, God's promise against death. She liked to whisper as if a secret. What about the tree of life, you know, in Eden? Well, I suppose that it is a, a heath tree of sorts, only with fruit and healing leaves. I'm gonna go there someday. Well, if you find it, don't forget there's an angel guarding it with a sword of fire. Maybe the angel's fire is just like the burning bush, and I won't die. I will be evergreen just like the heath. Maybe. She smiled while running her fingers through my hair in an attempt to straighten its tossed mess. Well, you have to find it first. My brave adventurer, I know you will. Prior to my thesis, the Uartian Codex from Arapat had failed to be translated by academia. Most notably, the folios eluded even partial translation using the 1882 cipher developed by A. H. Sace at Oxford. This cipher had been successfully proven on other Uartian writings. Confirmed by a century of scholarly reviews, Uartian was a unique tongue and unrelated to any language. This was, of course, until my discovery that the actual language of Uartu was comprised of two complementary languages that combined dynamically, of which ancient Gaelic was the cipher. 
It was a linguistic trinity knot of sorts. Uarshian vocabulary and syntax is filled with dual and sometimes contradictory and nonsensical meanings, unless rewritten in corresponding Gaelic letters and rearranged in Gaelic grammatical rules. Surprisingly, the resulting translation is extremely coherent and specific. More astounding was what the Codex revealed. It described a time prior to Lake Van when its prehistoric basin was a great and lush valley brimming with every known plant and tree. Beautiful flora and peaceful fauna had each been named using the tree language. The valley was described as impenetrable from any direction due to the confluence of two volcanoes, known today as Mount Suhan and Mount Nimrod, and the Karilova Triple Junction, where the three great tectonic plates of the eastern world meet. These great lava flows surrounded the Lake Van Basin Valley in a ring of fire, an impenetrable geological fortress. The Uarshian Codex further described the only entrance, an ancient subterranean eastern passage by which someone could enter the valley. The location of the entrance was unclear, referencing a great sea serpent and a flaming sword. However, the monk who transcribed the manuscript onto the illuminated page had drawn an icon of a cross flaming with burning purplish seraph snakes in the margin next to the reference. I had presumed the reference was to the vision of St. Francis receiving the stigmata on Mount Laverna until the radiocarbon dating of the illuminated codex was found to predate St. Francis by an entire millennium. My mind shifted back to the adventure at hand upon stumbling over a bit of rubble. I had not eaten for days. My body would soon collapse without adequate sustenance. Fortunately, I was not lost. Though winding and continually descending, the tunnel went in only one direction. There were no branches. I could turn around and maybe make the two-week trek back up to the monastery crypt and return with better supplies. What was described in the Uarshian Codex could wait another month. It had waited my whole lifetime. I muttered to myself again. Eden. The Codex had very clearly spoken of the entrance to Eden. The very same entrance I was now in. I continued in weakened step. The tunnel broke unexpectedly to the left, and I noted that the tunnel walls had quickly changed its appearance. A multitude of salt crystals coating the walls and ceiling 
sparkled in the torchlight. Good thing I collected the oil when I could. As I progressed, larger crystals coated the tunnel surfaces, giving the fanciful impression of the mouth of a giant eel packed with larger and larger rows of teeth sparkling in a circle of grandeur before me. My curiosity was now too great to turn around. I descended further and further into the depths of the cave. In my bones, I knew I had to be close. I wondered what I would find. Once again, to pass the time, I recited from memory the all-too-familiar verse from Genesis. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Later that day, the tunnel walls changed again. The crystal growth continued on either side of me, but the ceiling was now different. It was strangely cold and smooth and reflected iridescent in the light. Its patterns reminded me of scales, very large fish scales. Before I could examine the curious patterns further, the light of my torch abruptly dimmed. Yes, I could sense the air was thinner. My only chance now was to turn around. I almost did until the flame of my torch faded to embers. In a panic, I fell to my knees, weak, but oddly able to breathe without issue. The mystery perplexed me for a moment. A whitish-yellow-blue glow emanated in the tunnel path before me. Though fatigued, I managed to stand up and walk a little further. Eden had not beaten me yet. The salt crystals and the scaly ceiling reflected the new light as it grew in intensity. Within minutes, I found myself at the entrance of a massive cavern that extended as far as the eye could see, bathed in the eerie light. The light source appeared to emanate from a mammoth inverted dome I estimated to be at least 25 miles across. The ceiling scales radiated in a reptilian-like pattern of concentric circles with a bulging lens-like dome at its center. It was an eye. Unmistakably, it was a giant eye. Once I recognized the eye, I immediately realized the entire ceiling was the body 
of an inconceivably giant sea serpent, likely lying thousands of feet under the floor of Lake Van, and possibly extended out to either the Black or Caspian Sea. It had been preserved throughout time in the salt. Leviathan, Leviathan. Leviathan. I spoke aloud in wonder. Stories of the ancient myth flooded my mind. I shuddered to think that if they were true, if this was the giant sea she-dragon slain to prevent her offspring from overtaking the world, then her much larger mate, left alive to mourn, is now hibernating underneath the great Mediterranean Sea, awaiting its orders to awake at the end of time. I stood in awe, my mouth gaping at the wonder. The seemingly endless cavern I was about to enter was undoubtedly sealed against the body of the lake by the dead titan monster whose eye glared down upon Eden in an eternal state of envy. I wondered briefly whether the source of the light was somehow generated within the eye itself by some form of bioluminescence, such as Aquarian or Luciferin, or did it act as a skylight, its lens focusing yet another light source onto the thriving garden beneath it? My attention directed to the beauty of this magnificent land. Trees and vegetation of all sorts overran the cavern like a tropical jungle. Palms and fruit trees quietly sweetened the salty air. Beautiful flowers of every color and hue blushed in silence at my gaze. From my vantage, I could see fruits of all colors and sizes bursting on branches and bushes as if to brag of their sweet succulence. An unbroken waterfall of lava gushed around the perimeter, creating a great impassable moat except for the open path before me. Nearly forty paces from me stood the only tree not covered in vibrant green leaves or gushing floral fountains. The curious tree was bare. It had only two outstretched horizontal branches that seemed extended in a bold welcome. I felt it call to me in its emptiness. It resembled a Christian cross. I could not shake the additional feeling that it stood in benevolence over the vegetation beneath it, when suddenly it burst into the recognizable flowery flames of the heath flower. I smiled and vowed I would not turn away from this place. Before my eyes, the tree turned barren once again. 
Whether it was a, a trick of my mind or something much more than that I could not understand, I soon realized the tree was both barren and flowering at the same time. I could actually witness it simultaneously in both states. The contradiction reminded me of the Uarshian language itself. Famished and jubilant, I stepped forth into Eden to claim my heart's desire. No! I cried in involuntary exhaustion. My body collapsed beneath me once again, depriving me of immediate entry. Despite the tears, I was not overcome. I resolutely rose to my feet as a blast of fire and heat swept across my face. Standing before me was a glorious and cruel angel wielding a blazing fiery sword. Hundreds of terrible flames licked from it with tongues forked like serpents. This swarming stick of burning seraphs was the true and ancient threat from which milder, more comforting myths of Gorgon heads would later be fashioned. With the courage of Perseus, I addressed the ancient menace. Mighty being, my entire life, I have sought the peace and goodness the perfection of joy that lies just behind you. The lush garden of Eden tantalized from just beyond its steadfast guard. The tree of life beckoned. My heart responded in a torrent of love's yearning. I have performed many heroic acts just to find this place. The birthplace and hope of all humanity. What more must I do to prove myself worthy of entry? The angel replied with a thunderclap that was both awesome and tender. A voice resounded from nowhere and everywhere. Seek, seek, what do you seek? Speak true, for I know... I was here the day man walked away from his place. The angel's lips did not move. The riddle reverberated about me like an earthquake as his staring gaze remained fixed and steady. The terrible sword swung past me as if to punctuate the statement of the eternal being. Its heat singed my eyebrows and reddened my face in its glow. You do not seek what you state. I stood firm and unflinched. My stare remained equally as fixed. I would not cower nor leave without entry. The angel's illumination grew more brilliant flooding my thoughts with memories. My mind toppled back through the years, bouncing on light rays and falling upon thousands of reflections of remembrances, 
all my life. I, I sought. I sought nourishment and touch. I sought knowledge and adventure, entertainment and achievement. These memories and others twisted about in unfathomable shapes as if to reform into a multi-dimensional puzzle the questions of my life so complex that my mind did not have the created ability to understand. I saw it, I saw it, I needed, I needed. In worships and sins I had focused my energies, chasing light beams I did not see. Sometimes I tried to give up, seek an easier way, but true rest was impossible. The burn of an unknown bile would rise up through my history and propel me on toward escape. Oh, how it burned and stank. Tears ran down my cheeks like acid, but I remained firm as the fire of the sword encircled me like a tent. Or was it a pyre? The mysterious puzzle continued to take on new shapes and colors, bursting at last into light that was neither bright, nor colored, nor absent. I froze like stone fired in a kiln, clutching my fists to brace for the final attack. My body, once solid, became infinitely fragmented in the force of my clutch. A mighty and infernal gust, a hurricane of heat, obliterated me into millions of sandy graves. Seek. What What do you seek? Speak truth, I know. I was here today and walked away from this place. He still does. Do you? As grains, I fell to the ground, obedient to gravity and incapable of tantrum. Even now, as dust, I was drawn by the tug, the yearning still there but without the trickery I had come to the gate with. There is a type of peace being possessed by pull. Before and after the fall, I was owned by this mutual and universal attraction. It was still not enough. I could lie there for eons, but would still need to fall further and would indeed when the day could come. To my surprise, my body was not dead, and my will had been given the grace to choose what was true. I seek intimacy with God. It is the only act of being that can be complete. flames burned deep into my hands and side as my body snapped to the desolate but most beautiful tree in the garden 
like iron to a great magnet. Had the tree moved? Despite appearing to be barren, the tree fed me interiorly on fruit that was real bread, juicy with its own real blood. Through true nourishment, I became grafted, one with the tree and all of its branches. Flowers burst and gave way to more fruit for others. Wonderful green leaves sprouted and were picked by a beautiful lady as a healing balm to be given to those elsewhere still crying for mercy. Later, when the physical universe died away, the tree that is my salvation was pulled into a new heaven and a new earth. The fall was complete. just listened to Eden Sword, performed by my dad as the adventurer and my brother Joey as Eden's angel. My beautiful wife Maureen played the part of the adventurer's mother and Nicholas voiced the younger. Today's story created all sorts of discussion in our household. Questions surfaced from anything from the truth of Christ's blood in the Eucharist, can angels be cruel, What is God's judgment in relation to his mercy, the role of relics, purgatory, and why is November the time of year we remember those that have passed before us, as well as what happens at the end of time? It is our hope that these stories, though fictional, provide the occasion for robust discussions of faith in your own family. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for our brief lives and this fleeting world that empty into your glory. Despite its joys and heartbreaks, you are our eternal companion. There is no destruction, no decay, no isolation, loss, sorrow, or fear that can keep us from you. The awesome grace of your love is greater than even the fall of all we know. Pull us, Father, more and more into your heart. Heal us of our battle wounds and make of our lives balm for others. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our meditation song is Emerald Wind, written and performed by Emerald Wind and given to my Father, at the hour of his passing.
May you and your family know the peace of faith, the hope of eternity, and the love of God. From our family to yours, 